up, guys? Welcome to the Care Coach Lead Show. This is Andrew Frezza, joined by Austin Bettigrew. And today we're going to be talking about, is CrossFit finally understanding the needs of the CrossFit affiliate? And uh, we were a CrossFit affiliate for uh, pretty much eight years. Um, we're coming up on 10 years, so last year and a half, two years, um, haven't been a CrossFit affiliate. So, uh, But we really understand, and a lot of you guys that are affiliates out there have been in the past, you understand that CrossFit has not really historically supported the affiliate very well. Um, now, you can make the argument, and I made the argument for years that for you know one to $3,000 a year of a fee, they don't really need to support us in any way. Um, to pay to use the name, it, there's value in the name, there was value in the name, you could argue that there, there might be uh, decreasing value in the name currently, um, but that they didn't really have to provide any additional support to justify the small fee you got to use the name and, and use that in your particular name. But today we're going to be talking about some of the changes that are being made because I think CrossFit genuinely wants to support affiliates now. Um, I actually had a conversation a long time ago, maybe eight months ago, 10 months ago with Gary Gaines and Austin Maliolo and some of the people that are taking on the affiliate side of CrossFit and like they genuinely want to help. So I know that's there and um, there's been some updates. So we want to talk about some of the recent updates that have come across uh, on social media and been announced and our thoughts on them, where CrossFit's going and where the affiliates are going and, and if you know the, the affiliate model looks good moving forward. <laughs> so the first thing we want to talk about was uh, best hour of their day. Jason Ackerman, Fern, Marcus Gersey, uh, people that we've had on this podcast before, people that are acquaintances and friends of ours, and um, they just got announced as like an official partner for CrossFit in terms of business mentorship for affiliates. And this is the first time CrossFit has ever done this. Um, there's been there's been business mentors that have been really closely affiliated, like Two Brain, but no one has ever had a true recommendation from. CrossFit as, as being the go-to person. And I don't know the exact details of it yet, but you know it, it's basically official where CrossFit is going to be recommend, recommending them. There might be, I don't know, potentially even a profit share of some sort or a revenue share of some sort. I don't know if it's going that detailed, um, but it's definitely more than has ever been there before. So um, Austin, what are your initial thoughts on on that and uh, in this direction? Yes, I mean, I mean, just going off of what I know so far, the, the podcast that they announced, uh, the Best Hour podcast, where they kind of started breaking down what this um, affiliation mentorship is going to kind of start looking like. So there's a lot of gray areas still. Hmm. Um, I think the one thing that I, um, as also a former affiliate owner, really liked is that they're not just solely focusing on the business, but they also are focusing on the coaches. And... I think a lot of what we have out there right now is either or. It's business mentorship or coaching mentorship or coaching improvements or however you want to look at that. And although you could argue that there's a lot more business mentorship than coaching mentorship, I think it's important that both of them are um, a part of this because it doesn't really matter how good the business looks um, in a sense if the product is bad, it's going to fail eventually down the line. So. Um, Initially, my first thought was like, okay, at least they're approaching it from that direction where they see the importance of both of them playing into the long-term um, health of the business. 
Yeah. My initial thought is like, it's kind of like, why them? You know, um, especially seeing someone like Two Brain who has a much longer track record in this business. Although you could argue that Marcus, if you take him and his track record, track record with Barbell business and bar, the Barbell Logic, Barbell Shrugged crew, um, he has a good track record as well. But you know, there's there's more inconsistency there. Two Brain has been consistent really helping sp- almost mainly CrossFit gyms for a really long time. And then we have relationships with Dr. Sean Pastuch of Active Life, Chris Thorndike, Stu Brower. We know a lot of the people really well in this. So it's like, okay, why best hour of their day? You know, why not some of these other people? And, you know, are you in a way um, excluding some of these other people by including just one of the mentors. Is there plans to include more? Is there, you know, is best hour of the day responsible for creating the, you know, CrossFit level one for affiliate owners of like, what do the principles look like for affiliate owners? Or are they really just being, you know, Hey, like we trust you guys enough. And it's kind of like, an aerobic capacity. It's kind of like a CrossFit weightlifting where it's like, there's not really a lot of intersection between the affiliate and the business recommendations as much as that, Hey, there's close enough alignment here that we trust you guys to do your thing. And we're going to recommend people to you. Yeah. I think the bounce off that I think it has a lot to do with it. I mean, if you look at, you know, we're going to get to it later, but like you look at the programming they added in, it's Maliolo, Hobart, uh, I think that might be it, or some, maybe some Spencer Hendel was the other one yes. in the hand plan. And then you go back, and you have Fern, you have Jason. Yeah. Um, I, I know Marcus, but I don't know how much he's been affiliated with CrossFit. But all these people have 10, 15 plus years of HQ relationships. Now, my initial thought on that is that kind of makes me nervous because are you just picking someone who has long-standing time with the company versus someone who actually has better information? Because, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I mean, you kind of said it, like, I would have initially thought Two Brain would have gotten that position if you just put apples to apples, but obviously I think they weighed relationship and, I guess, just commitment to the company long term above other things. <laughs> yeah. um, I will be interested to see how that kind of plays out long term. Um, another initial thought I had is, you know, they, they said in the podcast that they they are the guys, so when you call, like, you're talking to them, like they're going to be the ones helping you. And my big question is, I don't know how many affiliates there are today. I'm just going to ballpark 12,000. I think it was upwards of 15,000. I don't know after COVID and all the 2020 stuff, like what that number fluctuated to, but like how many of these people potentially hop on board? And then at what point can you just not scale this anymore because it's three guys running shit right now. And if a thousand gyms show up that want to do this, I just would love to see how that's going to, how that's yeah. going to work. Yeah. And that's, that's where I kind of go back to this idea of like the business level one, what does that look like for affiliates? Because what are those, what are those really key foundational principles versus just, you know, I know they've, they've built out some levels of systems. Marcus wouldn't let them not do that. I know Marcus well enough that he wouldn't let, not let them have that. Um, but that is different than a, a true curriculum that is really clearly defined and doesn't rely on Fern or Ackerman being the ones to deliver it. So it sounds like a pot, like, I think that's cool that you jumped on that because it sounds like a positive that you're going to be working directly with them. 
but someone who's business minded is like, that sounds like a negative because you know, there's tens of thousands of affiliates out there. And if even a small percentage decide to take part in this, who's going to lead them, who's going to be able to take them on and mentor them because that's really key. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, you're going to have gyms out there who are, they need a, they need a small correction, like just a small turn of the wheel and they're, they're on the right path. You have a gym that needs a complete turnaround and go the opposite direction. And I think those two, like the fact that they are all bunched into one, or at least assuming that they're all just bunched in the same type of system, that's just going to be really hard to do. Like if one needs more time, more effort, more eyes on their business and some barely need any, like how do you balance that? And, you know, they kind of mentioned in their, in their podcast that most of these changes aren't going to be huge. They're not trying to completely overhaul someone's business because I think at least listening to it, it sounds like they don't think most gyms are struggling that yeah. bad. And I know you'd probably agree with me. I, I would, I would really argue that point. Yeah. <laughs> I would think a lot of cross affiliates are doing worse than we think they are. Yeah. I think it's the ex- exact opposite. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think a lot of them need a lot of help, unfortunately. Yeah. And I don't know how much small things um, are going to help. I also think these two things that we're going to talk about kind of run in my eyes parallel with each other because how, if the business itself can't be structured in a sense, then how are you ever going to create a program that fits every single person? You can't. And then you also throw in things like you want to help coaches improve, but every coach is teaching something completely different every single day. Like there's just so many variables that go into it that I just, I'm struggling to see how they're going to get it done perfectly. And I don't think they're trying to get it done perfectly, but how they're going to get the amount of mentorship needed done for some of these affiliates that I feel like are, have been and are currently really struggling to keep afloat. Yeah. So one of my thoughts, this was something I shared with, with Gary and Austin in that call was they were really, it seemed like they were very, very much struggling with like, how do we create some, some standard in the industry from a business perspective without trying to become a franchise model or without trying to uh, change too much because so much of CrossFit has been built through this grassroots. And as you can see with just a small change, like getting rid of Dave Castro, it's not a small change. Like removing one person is a really big change that, you know, gets a lot of people upset. And so if you all of a sudden say, Hey, everyone's going to be required to work with best hour of their day, or everyone's going to be required to do CrossFit affiliate programming. Everyone's going to be required to do dot com, whatever that is. Those are massive changes, even though they may or may not be massive. They're, they're going to feel massive to the, the industry, the, the affiliates. So my thought was like, you know, when it comes to training, I think one thing CrossFit's done really well from the training perspective is they've given us really good frameworks. What is fitness? Um, what, you know, what are the, the 10 physical skills? What are the, you know, these different models, like the Hopper model and all these different things. And but they didn't tell us how to program. They didn't say, you know, you have to use this programming. From a business standpoint, I think that there should be a business level one that every affiliate owner has to go through that provides the principles of of business to them. What does it look like to know your numbers? What does operational capacity look like? Where should your pricing be based on the amount of people you can fit in your space? and what your 
general overhead costs are going to be. Like those things really are not that hard to to create some systems around, and that's where someone like Two Brain I think does a really good job is saying, "Hey, you have a salary cap. This is how much you can afford to spend on these certain things." Um, and I think if if they had a level one for business that everyone had to go through, but it was just like the training seminar was like, yeah, you have to have your business level one to be an affiliate, but you don't have to spend an extra like thousands of dollars a year for mentorship. That's optional, mm-hmm. but at least we have these agreed upon principles that, that hopefully raises the game across the board because that's, that's always been the hardest push and pull for us with CrossFit is like, we love so much about CrossFit, but we hate we hate being compared to these other gyms because we're not that. And, and, you know, not to, to, it's not to, you know, say that all the gyms are bad or, you know, say that we're better than other people. It's just that we felt like we've held ourselves to a certain standard and we have so many people that drop into the gym that tell us, Oh, you're so much better than these other gyms. And it's like, at, at a certain point you start to realize that that's no longer a positive thing. Like it feels good ego boost at first, but then over time, you're like, wait, that's probably not a good thing if we're that different and you have to walk through these walls to feel that we're that different. Do you, do you see these changes um, that they're trying to implement helping? Let's just say, let's just use our town. Um, let's just pretend there's four affiliates in town. I don't even know how many there are. Let's just say four. Does that help the four or does that help the best of the four? Does that make them more even individually, or does that help the big dog continue eating with small dogs? I mean, I think they're still a long ways away with all the changes we've talked about. I think the fact that these changes are even being made shows that they're at least starting to understand some of the needs of the affiliate, right? And some of those changes are things like they're trying to get affiliates cost down by providing them bulk pricing on softwares and equipment and supplements and things like that. I think that's a good change because like you have the power of numbers. Why not use the power of numbers to your advantage to save people some money? Um, I think that's positive. The programming change is um, they said that CrossFit affiliate programming will now be programmed separately from .com. I think that's a good thing because I think .com to me always felt like more theoretical and it definitely does not seem like something that would be good from a business standpoint to be programming 5Ks and days that are just built around rowing and just built around a single modality. There's too much single modality stuff for me to think that that's valuable programming in a group model. And from what I know about hand plan and CrossFit affiliate programming, it is more built for the group class, the affiliates. So to me, that says, okay, we're no longer gonna like tie our hands behind our back by trying to match up to CrossFit.com. We're just going to program with the affiliate in mind exclusively. Now, to me, if they, if this really was to shift to the next level, I would have liked to see ditch.com, like get rid of.com. Like this, this idea of having theoretical programming or having the programming for the random guy in their garage gym seems so unnecessary to me. Um, now with that said, I think they could take CrossFit affiliate programming and put it through the three days on, one day off. So take, if it is hand plan, okay, every fourth day becomes a rest day and hand plan becomes .com. And they still have free workouts that are the CrossFit affiliate programming. Uh, programming. 
But then if you want the lesson plans, if you want the coaching videos, you're still incentivized to pay for, for that. But then you create, instead of saying, instead of putting the individual first, instead of putting .com, the theory first, you put the affiliate first mm -hmm. and then say everybody else follows suit of the affiliate. And I think that to me would say there's an even bigger shift happening versus I feel like there's still one foot in, one foot out of like, yeah, we say the affiliate's the priority, but like the way the games is, the way they, they still want to kind of prioritize the garage gym athlete and not the affiliate athlete says to me that they still haven't made the switch fully. Yeah, I, I agree. I, when we were talking about this the other day, I, I just wish they would have done this from the get-go. And like, I get, I get Greg's mindset, like I get all of that. But I think, I think we'd be surprised where CrossFit would be if something as simple as programming would have been standardized across the board yeah. from the jump. Um, if it would have been pretty solid group programming, like, yeah, like just better than, better than .com, like any, any of these, like Invictus, Mayhem, like not to say that any of those are great, Comtrain, they're all very different from each other and, and none of them are like, I would say none of them are super bad, none of them are super good, but like if it would have been any of those would have been .com, I think you'd have a lot more gyms that just use that and then it would create a much better community from a programming standpoint. Yeah, and I think going back to what you said earlier is like when we would have drop-ins come in, they're like, this gym's so much better and you know, we started not taking it as a compliment, we started being like, geez, like this is where the industry is right now. Yeah. I think the same thing with programming is like, you basically left, you know, people people talk bad on CrossFit all the time for having the, you can open a gym after a two day seminar. And to a certain extent, I get why we get bashed for that. Like, Well, they're bashing that you could you could coach after a two day seminar. Right, sure. And yeah. we're skipping the sure. ownership. Yeah, sure, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you can coach after two days, you can also own a gym after two days, that's, pretty crazy but you're you're leaving interpretation up to those individuals also on what CrossFit programming is and when you do such a thing like blurring the line of the sport of fitness with the GBP version of fitness that they try to portray you start seeing why these affiliates have like insane programming is because they like the sport of fitness they think it's cool and they they start putting things that they see on TV things that they watch on YouTube into their group programming and then before you know it like grandma's doing something she shouldn't be doing and I, I think it's it puts the industry and CrossFit affiliates in general in a really scary spot because you don't know who's writing those workouts so there could be zero planning behind it there could be like no thought process between weeks days months years at a time it's just what should we do today like we did snatches yesterday how about thrusters today like it's very like thought of on the spot and that's that's pretty scary <laughs> when uh, people's health is on the line and I'm not saying that people can't get fit from it because crazy enough you can get fit from doing almost anything yeah but it's just like if we would have had that structure 12 years ago like man I, I, I think I think CrossFit Village would be in a really good spot it's it's funny you say that because it's like we really have not we've never really gotten it modeled for us of what great group class programming should look like from CrossFit's perspective. Like we, we've kind of told from a, been told from a grassroots side, Oh, Glassman started one-on-one -on -one, and then he started pairing up one-on-one -on -one clients together. And then that turned into groups. And I think 
you know, by the time he got to larger groups, he was already out of owning a gym space. But like, I can't imagine Glassman doing personal training sessions with an everyday person and saying, okay, today's workout is a 10 by 100 meter handstand walk. Right. right, like or ten by one hundred meter sprints. That's all we're gonna do today. Right. Or we're gonna do six by three back squats, and that's it. Like, I don't. Maybe he was doing that. Maybe he, he like maybe that's true. But like, I just can't see that happening. Seeing the type of clients that we work with in, especially in a one on one setting. Right. So if that's the case, everything we've really seen up until this point from CrossFit has just been theory, and we've all had to look at each other to say, well, what is actual good group programming look like and look at each other and go back to principles and, and things like that. And you're, you're, you're kind of finding this balance of what's out there and then what, what is good strength training and conditioning principles look like. But realistically, this is the first time CrossFit's ever endorsed something to say that, yeah, this is actually good, solid group class programming, you know? Yeah, to go back to the best hour of their day, like what they're doing, I think if if they can work hand in hand with the programmers, so the hand plan, whatever that group is, like I think they can actually start making some decent changes. And what I mean is, if Fern and Jason and Marcus and they can crush the business side of it, they they dig into the the business part, the numbers, they start helping affiliates understand that, how to improve. You start getting some of the affiliation bonuses, which is like, you know, the supplements you said, like buying bulk, things like that. That's great. And then if you want to start adding in the coaching part of it, I don't think there's a better way to help the coaches understand how to coach better on the floor than to start actually giving them the plan to do it. And if that's what they're planning on doing with lesson plans and minimize minute lesson plans and specific programming, having scaling up, having all these things kind of laid out for the coach, then I actually kind of see how you can navigate this in like a pretty progressional way to actually make improvements. But if you don't plan on doing that, I do see it a little bit tricky. I, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of benefits in CrossFit affiliate programming aligning with what Best Hour is doing. Yeah. I think that hundred percent, you know, it's, it's something where the more that affiliates can get stuff off their plate in that way and and have it all cohesive from the same thing and not have principles misaligned i think yeah i think that's a, a really good point the scary part for me is you know people who tend to do their own programming love their own programming and they're scared they don't want to give that up because they think what they're doing is great and it i mean doesn't hurt to look at like gyms who are struggling and kind of look at the workouts that they do and it you know kind of makes sense like you don't have that nailed down yet. And are those affiliates, are the affiliates that need the help the most willing to actually take the steps needed to gain the help? Yeah. That's, that's what I'll be curious to see. So let's talk about that. That, that was the biggest thing that struck me about Ackerman and Fern's perspective is that most CrossFit gyms are, are, it sounded like they felt like most CrossFit gyms are successful and that they just need a few small tweaks. Whereas, I feel like it's the opposite. Many are unsuccessful. Many are, are just hobby jobs. And as soon as that, that coach stops working there, or as soon as that coach starts delegating roles, let's say they actually just say, okay, I'm going to separate, my, separate myself from a few roles in this business. 
there's no margin in the business. Every All the margin is basically them being able to not pay themselves for tasks that they're already doing, mm-hmm. um, or they pay themselves for it, and as soon as they delegate, they can't pay themselves anything. So that, to me, is is a big the biggest red flag, and I think the biggest reason that's happening mm-hmm. is pricing. I think it comes down to, like, we've just been priced wrong all these years as affiliates. Um, that's, it's the biggest thing that I, when I said this business level one should have, should have is we need formulas that based on square footage, rent, operational capacity, we need to have a range of what's, what's doable from a pricing standpoint. Um, because there's no reason, there's no reason that an orange theory should be charging more than a CrossFit gym when they can fit, fit twice as many people in a third of the space. Yeah, I agree. I- I mean, I asked you and Tony yesterday, I'm like, do you guys remember what you charged when you first opened up? And I was thinking about like what we charged when we had ours. It was 135 and 115 when we opened. And I think we were like 115. And I was like, I was thinking back like, why, why did I pick 115? And it's like, oh, because the gym I came from charged 115. Yeah. And then unfortunately it's like most gyms do break off from one gym that, and they just copy and paste, copy yeah. and paste, copy and paste. So if this gym isn't doing something right, or you're just assuming that it's going right, and you just think in your head like, oh, I can do that just a little bit better, like, of course you're just gonna copy and paste. That's scary to me, because most of the first affiliates, like, weren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were just the first there, and you know, even the gym I started at, like, I think it, at its most, it had like 550 to 600 people, like, it's a huge gym. Yeah. It was like $100 a month. So it's like, for 13,000 square feet, like, couldn't have been pushing numbers too good. Coaches were getting paid 15 to 20 an hour. So it's like, from an outside looking in, someone sees a huge gym, crazy amount of numbers, you're like, wow, this gym must be making it. Yeah. It's like, well, ask a coach. <laughs> you know, like actually look at the numbers and see how that's working out. And I think I think you'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it. And it's funny though, the market, the market sees it, but the market doesn't really understand it, or at least I don't think they do based on conversations I've had where we've seen so many CrossFit gyms come and go, you know, within a, let's call it 50 mile square radius of us. And, uh, and like those people, none of them were obviously unsuccessful. Many of them were what the market thought was obviously successful. Like they thought, oh, this had, this group has a good community. They have a solid base membership that why did that gym close? Why did that gym go out of business? You know, And you see this process where I think, we mentioned we started at 115, 135. Our rates have gone up tremendously since then. Our, our membership that was 135 is now 215. So as we've gone up over the years, there's been other people that have come in and kind of like undercut us a little bit, right? And, and they might even be able to provide more one-on-one attention because they're a smaller gym, right? So they're providing a higher touch service at a lower price point. And even though, you know, we have an amazing facility, we have an amazing team, you can make the argument, okay, if you have a, a facility that only fits eight to 10 people in it and you're a pretty solid coach, like you can give a better experience than us running a class of 15 to 20, mm-hmm. right? Because you can offer that higher touch. And if you're cheaper as well, okay. But the, the thing that no one talks about is that the numbers are not working, right? The person can make that work for a period of time until they can't make it work, until life hits them or 
they actually start to try to understand their numbers and like, oh, this does not work. And that, the fact that that's not being talked about enough and um, people are not trying to overhaul. I mean, Chris Thorndike is really the only one I see talking about it right now. Uh, just like, you gotta go way higher. Um, a lot of other people are, are trying to trying to plug holes by offering personal training and nutrition and do all these other things when the core service is just like not that. And I know I know from hearing the best hour guys talk, they want the core service. They want it to happen through the core service, and it's got to happen through smart pricing. Yeah, and I I was as you guys talking like I think you could make this argument of like a successful versus a non-successful gym you could figure out pretty quick just in a conversation of like what's their what's their metric that they they care about the most and i feel like gyms that are unsuccessful are going to have their membership number the actual amount of members that they have memorized yeah but you start asking them like what's the average member value like how much does that member actually like what's the average paying and you start asking them like what is their square footage based off of the member space that they can use and things, you know, things, those metrics that like gyms who have been a, around for a long time have to start figuring out, they've never thought of. And I remember when we had our gym, I didn't, you know, I had like, had like almost 200 members. I was like, this is crazy in this small town. Like we're doing really good. And then you start looking at the bank, like how's this not working out? Like, <laughs> not that it wasn't working out, but not what you would think if right. you just based off of one number, which is members. Right. And um, yeah, it's like, we talk about our members sometimes, but not really. There's a lot of other metrics that we're looking at um, that go into the making the business actually be a business. Yeah, you could have been a, a business guru too because you built your gym to 200 members, you right. sold it at its peak, <laughs> Thing, yeah. and you know, you, you got a decent payday for, you know. I'm trying to make a comeback on this podcast. That was my goal. It's a little late, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty good with what we talked about so far, and we can kind of wrap up here. And and uh, yeah, I think I think CrossFit is is starting to understand the needs of the affiliate, um, but I think they just they're still just getting started, and I think they got to keep putting these things in place that are either resources for affiliates. I wouldn't mind a few more standards. Like I, I know that we get some pushback on requiring people to do a business level one or something like that. But I think you gotta you gotta be okay weeding out some of that as well, um, and and yeah, I think that the fact that they're they're actually partnering with someone like Best Hour to endorse some kind of mentorship is a great thing because I think everyone can can benefit from some coaching. Yeah, I agree. And the one thing I was gonna say is uh, if you've ever heard the story about um, Orange Theory, they started expanding like super quick. Like right off the bat, um, whoever the, the creator was, I listened to a podcast that she was on and she was talking about it and they expanded like super quick and then she shut down like almost all of those studios to start again mm-hmm. and she started making them like very in line, very specific, like you have to, you need to do it this way because the quality got completely out of control. It wasn't how she wanted it to be, it was starting to take a turn that she didn't want and um, she basically shut them all down and restarted the whole thing and uh, I think she changed the name in the process to Orange Theory but she had done Orange Theory before it was Orange Theory and it's kind of a cool story but the reason I bring it up is I don't I don't think it's a bad thing that these changes make the bigger gyms, the better gyms 
better. <laughs> like if, if they start weeding out the gyms that shouldn't be there, the thing that's going to happen is it makes the image look better. As you said, like when we have people come in and they're like so much better than other gyms, like that's, it's not a plus when you share a name with those people. Yeah. You actually kind of want it to be like, oh, this is just like my home gym and things like that. You want those comments. Not that it's not good to hear you're doing good, yeah. but if you guys are sharing the brand, the name, um, I don't know, I'd want my teammates to be doing pretty good too, so. Yeah, yeah. as you said that, I like the idea of raising the standard and then maybe over time putting in some protections of like, where can new affiliates, uh, new affiliates pop up? Like, I think putting some restrictions on that would be a positive because I think a lot of what, what creates more of that um, just like hatred or animosity in the CrossFit affiliate space is the person that opens up right down the street mm-hmm. and, and feeling like you are competing more than being compliment, complimentary to each other. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're rooting for CrossFit. We don't want to see CrossFit do bad. And even though we're technically not an affiliate, we'd love to see it still continue to thrive and um, do well. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll see you on the next one.